This episode, like every episode of Off the Rack, was recorded before a live audience at Comic Pop on YouTube. Join the conversation by subscribing to youtube.com slash comic pop or comic pop returns on YouTube. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. This is a new comic book review show where we take the comic books of the last week, and then we break them down. We talk about the art, writing, and story, and what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for comics that are coming out this week that we think you should pick up. Also, when there's like a movie or a show or something like that, we also talk about that. Uh, although... You know, it, we talked a little bit about Peacemaker when it first debuted, but I yeah. feel like every week we'd just be like, hey, the new episode was really dope. Yeah. Though I do have a theory about uh, Peacemaker that unfortunately can't leave my craw. Thanks to somebody who uh, shared their opinion on the Internet. I can't take whole, whole credit for it, but uh, it was uh, I, I it basically ties the opening intro into the plot of the mo- of the show and kind of gives you like an indication as where the show's going. I don't want to hear that. And I was like, oh, my God. So uh, rather, I just say watch it. It's yeah. easily the best DCEU movie property thing they've ever made. I love it. Yeah. More than I could have ever imagined I would have loved no, it. No, I like it more than I like uh, I like the Suicide. I liked the Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I like the show more. I do too. Right. I'm glad we had the movie though. Totally. It's set total- it up. It set him up. Mm-hmm. Like you can totally watch Peacemaker without watching that Suicide Squad movie. But if you do watch the Suicide Squad movie, there's more to his character that's right couldn't hurt yeah but uh so what we're gonna do is there's a bunch of books that came out this past week that we are going to talk about but rather than just go into every single one of them uh we're going to give you kind of like a little bit of a breakdown of all of them we're going to talk about the art the writing and the story tell you what we thought about all those things and then at the end whether we recommend the comic or not and i don't want to get too too deep in the weeds because I don't know. I, I, I got into the weeds this weekend i spent a lot of time reading comics i read all of justice league incarnate there's one more issue left but uh I believe that's Dennis Culver and Joshua Williamson. Uh, That book, uh, the most recent issue dropped, that was issue four. I guess I can talk about that one. Um, But rather, I shouldn't necessarily say, because I want to keep our, uh, keep it on brand. uh, Just League Incarnate from, uh, yeah, Culver and Williamson. Um, This had a number of different artists on the book. Uh, This is deliberate. It's, they chose these artists to depict different elements of DC comics universes mm-hmm. and histories and whatnot so it's all on purpose as mm-hmm. opposed to like i don't know three or four different artists on an amazing spider-man title where you're like you just didn't plan right or you pull the rug right, out yeah. from under the writer's uh, feet and force them to change the entire story within with only a few months like lead time in any case uh just like incarnate is basically just like do do you love dc you better because here's the book for you and I don't want to hear anybody complaining ever again about how like DC is only about Batman because like that is not what this book is. Even though the Batman is advertised on the front of it, the Batman movie, yeah, yes. and they, and they better, they should. There's I, a Batman movie coming. I do think it's interesting. Like you know, we're always pushing that movies should sell the comics. Yes, but they're like, but we will use these comics to sell this movie. Yes, and uh, let's say the movie sucks, it won't. But like, let's say it did. Uh, you've stained the front cover of Just League and Car Number Four forever. Because there's no way that the Batman doesn't have like a full page advertisement in the back cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But we need to put it on the cover. Yep. On this book that no one who is reading this book would not know about the Batman movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the art is deliberate and fun. Uh, the writing is, it works. Uh, Williamson and Culver uh, seamlessly blend together. They're doing a very nice job working together uh, and telling one cohesive story. Um, about many different characters 
most of whom I couldn't care less about normally, uh, mm. but makes me care and find I find myself on a you know I highly recommend if you if you get a chance to pick up Just League Incarnate numbers one through four, read them all at once. Like don't read one, you know don't read four, you know read one through four. Yeah, I I enjoyed hearing you read this yeah it was fun it there was, was fun a lot of conversation between yeah. you and this book between me and the book yes i, I wish i'd recorded myself just like talking about or re reading this book out loud because that's what i did it was just ridiculous um but yeah i recommend it i guess uh, <laughs> do you love dc if you don't you're not gonna you're not gonna get into this book but uh it is setting up what's happening and maybe explains what uh, what everything is uh, mm. Also, do you love uh, Grant Morrison? Because DC sure does. Um, I also read Dark Knights of Steel. Okay. Uh, you you mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, and then like I found myself with like 15 minutes, so I was able to read it. Because you're a fast reader. I am a fast. I could reader. not do that. Uh, no, and I also enjoyed the art. But uh, yeah, uh, this is Dark Knights of Steel number four from Tom Taylor, and uh, the art by Bengal. Uh, the art is great. It's consistent. It's a mini series that's mm -hmm. done by the same creative team every time. Uh, there's no complaints whatsoever about the art. Uh, the art really services the story and uh, manages to paint a really fun like picture of sword and sorcery. And it mm -hmm. really feels that way. You know, like sometimes you're reading it and you'll just forget that you're reading a DC comic about DC heroes. You're actually just reading like a fantasy story. Right. I think that really works. You know, what I love is like how Alfred on this cover. Yeah. He's wearing a like, you know curious or curious whatever they're called oh it's sure a chess piece right yeah but he still to me looks like he's wearing a suit yes of course like he has that that simplicity to his character that yeah. we, we are accustomed of course uh and design, yeah least. no and alfred actually is the main character of this issue where it's the entire issue mm. is a flashback that explains the lineage of bruce wayne not his lineage like as far as the waynes go but rather just the origins of bruce wayne and the origins of his kingdom and how it uh be was bequeathed to the elves and whatnot mm -hmm. also the origins of the green man which is a fun new villain that was introduced in this book and uh we haven't seen the last of them Okay. Uh, really fun ideas uh, overall tom taylor of course in his wheelhouse it's out of continuity it's about the dc heroes and it gives certain characters a, a, an opportunity to shine while also being couched in a bat book it all works everything about this book is uh, is, is good uh and the this issue in particular gives us the hope that maybe what they'll do is make like more kind of flashback books that set things up so that the 12 issues don't feel quite so sprawling mm. so i i recommend it i enjoyed it uh what else did you read uh, what did I read? This I know week? there's quite a bit that you read. I read some things. Yeah. I read some things. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about Shang-Chi. Oh, sure. Read Shang-Chi this week, um, written by, uh, Jean Luan Yang, uh, with art by, uh, I, I thought I figured out how to say his name. Oh yeah, correctly, and then it just fell right. Is it the DK? I, it might be DK. I think Deke, it's DK or Deke or Deke. Deke Ruan. Yeah. Um. This was uh, issue eight. Yep. And this will see the end of Ruan's art on this book. Oh, which is sad. Yeah. For me, I have loved Ruan's art throughout this uh, entire series. He tends to be more of a traditional artist, and I just I just love his treatment of the characters and the action it's been consistent throughout um it's not like you know anything like bad happened or nefarious in fact at the end like this is like to be continued and then it says like thank you to everything or for everything to the artist and i think the either the colors or the anchor is also leaving oh um so i was like hmm 
Okay, because like what they're touting is for issue nine, they're saying it's a new jumping on point. Ah. We're going to continue the story, but they're saying might be not a bad like place to jump on. Marcus Toe, you may know from Excalibur, is going to be jumping on as okay, well. Okay, that's not bad. So I'm like, all right, it's going to have a different feel. Mm. Um, and there was just something about um, Ruan's art that I adored. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy Marcus Toe's work as well, I have no doubt, but this art will be missed. Um uh, Yang Yang has done an incredible job of telling Shang-Chi's story up to this point and continues to do so. I, I have no complaints about this book and the story, um, you know, that is unfolding before us. Every time, you know, something seems to have concluded, a, a new like door is opened, thus making it feel like a continuous story thread instead of like being like, OK, here's the end of this next part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you see that a lot in comics, but not in every ongoing. Not every ongoing manages to do that to like thread it through so well. And like, I th- I just think he's done a very good job of um, introducing us to Shang Chi, um, while also not making it like feel like it has to be starting from the ground up. Like we put things in there, and I'm sure people who know the lore, they're like, oh, cool. Uh, but people who are coming in maybe from the movie, you're gonna hear some things in there that you're familiar with as well. Um, and this issue definitely has that. Um, Shang is a uh, is dealing with a lot of like responsibility and family and all that entails uh considering what his family has been known for the two sides to it which um again if you saw the film you'll feel very comfortable with this there's a little bit a difference there but they lay it all out for you um but it's been a great ride so far um and I'm looking forward to seeing what Marcus Toe brings to the table as well so this is a recommend for me um Again, they're they're calling it a jumping on point. I don't know if they're saying that necessarily just because Marcus Toe is jumping on, <laughs> or they're saying like, no, if you haven't read the past eight issues, give it a shot. You'll be fine. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, but I really enjoyed this book. It's impressive they were managed to keep it consistent for eight issues. Yes. Uh, and would you say that since the book wouldn't exist without the movie, that now the movie has come and gone and its impact on Culture is pretty much uh, faded and dwindled. Uh, does the book still stand on its own two feet? Yeah, I mean, we're we're still dealing with things that we understood or may have learned first from a movie right. um, in this, um, like Talo and all that. Like, sure. we're going there. Next. Okay, good. So, or no, maybe we're not. We're, I think we're going someplace else. But it's mentioned a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just feels very comfortable. And, and honestly, I think it's a testament as well to Young's writing is a how lovable and um enjoyable the characters are you right. know like good bad whatever like i just enjoy them and their conversations and you know everything that's happening to them i'm, I'm invested sweet uh you know this show by the way is sponsored by viewers like you if you want to give us a like that really helps us out as well but uh we got some super chats here from people Aww. who want to see the show uh, owned by you out there who are watching brian rollins for example says last week's comic thoughts the moon blowing up is not that big a deal and what the hell happened in excellent uh, great job with all the videos last week thank you brian Looking forward to hearing about Excellent. I don't know. Did you read Excellent? I did. Great, because I wanted to hear about that. I know that <laughs> it's a big deal. It's a big it's a big, crazy book. It's the return of ecstatics. Um, and yeah, the moon, we'll talk about that. Uh, but you don't want to know about it here because the moon, uh, it explodes. Uh, Kevin Kruger, when the Shadow Man trade comes out, will it be on back issues? Great question, Kevin, because uh, I've been touting uh, the book Shadow Man for a while. Uh, great uh, writing by Colin Bunn, great art by John Davis Hunt. Uh, it's also a terrific John, jumping on point for that character. And uh, I, I, I only get paid when we have a sponsored video 
for an advertisement. For example, uh, Magic Spoon was fine, kind enough to sponsor our show, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm-hmm. You knew we got paid there. Uh, if I talk about Shadow Man, it's because I dig the book. That's the end of it. But I will say that uh, I'm not happy with how Valiant is embracing the NFT market. I do happen to know that like the comic branch is a little different from the corporate branch. And as a result, like basically that there are two, diff- there's a little bit of a divide between who's driving which part of the Valiant ship. And uh, honestly, like if they asked me to do anything with the NFTs, I'd sever my ties with Valiant entirely. And I'm a little bit ashamed of all my pro- plugging of Valiant because of their embracing of NFTs. And uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be tough mm. for me, uh, but you won't be seeing Shadow Man on back issues, but who knows? You know, if uh, if, if Valiant can can figure itself out, you know, you never know. The time for Valiant was when we was when Bloodshot came out. Too bad COVID came, and yeah. uh, that was the end of that. But thankfully, we didn't do Bloodshot because then that video would have been for nothing, and no one would have <laughs> seen the movie. So hey, it worked out. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like you didn't see Bloodshot. I know it. You didn't see it. I didn't. I I literally I was in a crowded theater during COVID and saw Bloodshot it in New York. It was as it was hitting. It was we just as it was hitting. We didn't know. Nobody knew about it at that no. point, and I wasn't able to go. No, thank thank goodness. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I would love to. I would love to talk about it because it's a really cool book, and mm. uh, I know that the people who made that book love it yeah. and love what they're doing, and I know that the comics they're making, especially the Ross, the the books that are coming out coming up soon. Mm-hmm. It, it might be the best time to be a Valiant fan for the comics that are coming out now since the Dinesh era. Ooh. Uh, Danby 900. Shots ex- fired. Excellent. Coming out in uh, two and a half years after Giant Size Ecstatics wasn't a great choice. When it was supposed to return in 2020, you'd be the you'd be last lost since it doesn't do hand-holding for non-Ecstatics fans. I doubt anybody's picking up Excellent. Who doesn't know what ecstatics is or if they are maybe they'll like you knew ex- you you knew at least that there was a thing you weren't like this is brand new and came out of nowhere you knew that at least there was some kind of like all red related yes thing <laughs> uh, but yeah i read at least the first three pages and i was like there is no there, there is no guidance you are just Hopefully you read ecstatics or were in some way familiar with the universe. So I didn't, I didn't. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Cause homecoming hero says this channel helped me so much because comics are very easy to get lost in. Be keep being awesome. Can't wait for more adventures and surprises in 2022. Same here, man, uh, more adventures and surprises, but we do appreciate it. And good surprises are always great. Mm-hmm. New type JB Lee. Hope you're well on Spidey and daredevil. Do you dislike secret identity retcons? Cause I missed the days when Ben Urich used to know both Pete and Matt's identities. I like that. But I don't miss it because they're not doing anything with Ben right now anyway, uh, outside of like X-Men, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, it didn't really add anything. Mm. You know, like Ben has integrity. We know it. We know that he would never betray them. We don't need him to know to know that already. Yeah. Uh, Dan V. Nonhoder returns to say Marvel announcing the 30th anniversary celebration one hour ago of Marvel 2099 as Spider-Man 2099 Exodus Alpha number one with Steve Orlando writing. It disappoints me. Not a big fan of his end Alpha again. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it. And uh, I, I understand that like Alpha was created as a joke. Like I remember uh, if you're not familiar with Alpha is Dan Slott pushed him as kind of like the next big thing. But I remember him doing that like when it happened in real time and he did it with like tongue firmly planted in cheek. Mm. Like Alpha was supposed to be like a one-off scumbag that nobody liked that was overhyped. Right. And like, I don't think that they got rid of him, you know, quickly or, because of fan reaction i think he had the lifespan he had because of 
the formation of that character. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, why not try him again? Uh, I think it was King that I was talking to the other day about like how any character could pretty much get their own miniseries. Like you could, there, there are no bad characters, more or less. Right, um, especially if you add stuff to them. Well, yeah, especially. Especially if you add depth to them. Then <laughs> yeah. There's no, char- there's no bad characters. Well, In and fact, the more blank they are, the better. That's true. Then. Well, and Alpha's like a piece of shit. Like, he could use a Tom King miniseries to mm. clean him up. So, yeah. Uh, okay. But, yeah, you were going to talk about Excellent, I guess. Do you want you, me to go there? Why not? Let's go there. Because we talked about it. It's a good It's a good. Uh, yeah, let's transition. let's talk about that. Let's let's just talk about. It. Let's just get it all out there, guys. I am um, familiar in uh, of ecstatic in like terms in name. of I know that they existed. Right. <laughs> End of my knowledge. There you go. And that's okay. I still jumped into this with with both feet. Yeah. Just went right for it. Written by Peter Milligan with art by uh, Mike Allred. Yep. So you know you're in for it. <laughs> and let me just tell you, you are in for it. However, <laughs> however, mm. if you're the type of person who enjoys Doom Patrol. And you're used to that sort of thing. Right. And maybe you're a person who, like, you know, you jumped in with the, like, Gerard Way. And maybe you weren't familiar with um, the Morrison era. But you still enjoyed, right? That's kind of I what I think people could take from this. Like, if that's where your brain goes when you open this book, which is, like, I opened this book and I saw the first page and I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm ready in the mindset. I know what I'm in for. Yeah. And therefore, I enjoyed the book. Ah, you know what I mean? Right. The writing is, um, the word zany yes. comes to mind, but that's not quite it because there's definitely like an undercurrent of like sort of parody, sort of like, you know, um, a, a level of seriousness there yeah. um, in terms of a, a an underlying message. At least that's how it feels. Like okay. there's something more to it. There's a depth to yeah. this current of zaniness, right? Nice um it's it's called excellent it is about a new team of um mutants called the excellent um (laughs) uh led by zeitgeist um whom you might know from deadpool 2 probably not yeah um they're also ecstatic is there as well right and they're like currently two warring teams yes right um, one of the members of Ecstatic currently is a daughter of a previous member, I believe, is what they kind of give you the airs okay. of. Um, you go girl is mm. now <laughs> her daughter's on the team, right? Okay. And here is why I think, in my opinion, just by simply reading this, that there is something tongue in cheek about this, something like a little like I, parody doesn't seem the right word right satire possibly okay yeah might be the right word and not just like a send-up of like comic books or mutants or other such things but like part of what ecstatic is doing in this book is like they're filming a show because like dupe used to do it for them but like his style was too art housey and they're <laughs> trying to attract a younger crowd to watch uh-huh and meanwhile excellent is like putting out all of these like viral videos, like live streaming, and they've got like hundreds of millions of followers, like way more than this produced show. Yes, of course. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're getting all these followers and all these people watching their show as they're putting out their own truth about ecstatic. Right. Like, there's something to this. Yeah. And so, if that's the kind of like book and the type of read that you're looking for, this might be a book for you 
even if you don't necessarily know all the players, I feel like you'll appreciate what Allred is doing, or not Allred, what, well, what Milligan. Milligan is doing with his story and his little like, you know, here here's the story, but then like here's the like, you know, what what's really being said here. Yeah. Um, Mike Allred's art is uh excellent it, it's great i mean like listen all rats art is very specific yes it's very specific right but it fits perfectly with this type of book you know what i mean like it's just the right feel for it yeah. and you know like initially it's like it's like oh it's just you know because i had read right before i read this book i read um the 10 lives of wolverine yes such a different look Right? right dealing with mutant characters switch over to this and i'm like right okay just switch the brain on over we're yeah. doing we're doing something very different here mm-hmm. um but i think it works really really well um you know there's a lot of like um there's there's a lot to this and i we can get into it more but probably this is not the venue for it and i think after a second issue we'll have a better idea for it but like you know there's a mutant character in in this world who her power is she makes mirrors right mm-hmm. and like she shows people presumably like who they really are and oh. i'm like this is interesting yeah right um you know zeitgeist tries to like attract other teleporters to like join his team and like says like oh they like i interviewed all of them and they all failed and like you just see him talking to like nightcrawler and blink and then being like ew go away (laughs) so you know we're getting in this like underlying message of like the way in which information is given to us and how like the person who's telling you or like telling you the story is often the one who's in charge of the narrative right like so it's a lot here about narratives there's a lot here about social media in general there's a lot here about you know, like them producing this like show trying to attract younger viewers, but you know, he's doing live streams and he's getting more like, better. Yeah. So there's a lot to it. And um again, someone who has not familiar with ecstatic, I have to assume that this is very in keeping tonally mm-hmm. with that. I think so. So that's what I got for you. But cool. again, like if you are the kind of person who likes Doom Patrol, tongue in cheek, satire, you might really dig this book. Hey. That's what I got. Well, speaking of X-Men, you want to talk about the 10 Lives of Wolverine number two? Yeah, let's talk about the 10 Lives of Wolverine number two, um, written by a person. Benjamin Percy. Benjamin Percy, who, is, who is a person. He is a person. Is You're a right. Person. I can't I, I can't wrong. say you're wrong. Yeah. With art by Joshua Kassara. Um, this story is, this issue two is the continuation of the lives yes. of Wolverine as opposed to the deaths they're interchangeably coming out each week mm-hmm. i believe right but yeah, like they're alternating yeah yeah but really meant to be told as one story although we have yet to see the crossover from that okay truly in this issue or the previous issue of death of wolverine that's right, right. We technically saw that weird thing we did see a little bit of a weird thing yeah but... and concerning wolverine directly which could be concerned like it obviously is going to be connected to this yep. it could be connected to something from pox but probably not um but we don't see a a, dev, a, def, a definitive connection here we just see wolverine hopping through different lives and get like a little refresher on omega red being like a part of like x-force gets a little more information about that just being like hey here's what happened okay this is why this is going on great right so that's great um so like if you were like i didn't read x-force right or like was this explained in X-Force? Because I'll be honest, X-Force was one of those books that early on when we when they all first started coming out, I didn't really read X-Force. No. I wasn't into it. I didn't go back and read the rest of them, but I don't feel lost here whatsoever. Okay. I did read after a certain point. Yes. Because then like I was just the only one reading X titles over here. That's true. So I was like, well, <laughs> okay. Um, but I love Kassar's art in this. Let's talk about that. Sure, yeah. Gate. Like it's just 
so moody and like has like a painterly quality but also you know just incredible action sequences like occasionally looks like a couple of other people's art influences are in there like sometimes i get a little bit of noto mm. sometimes i get a little bit of cuber like yeah. it's just interesting i'm just like oh but you get these like really like I want to call them like classic moments for Wolverine, but I couldn't tell you what it is exactly. It just makes you feel, feel like Wolverine, like Wolverine in Nam. Yeah. Like remembering something. And it's just like shadowy and moody and like just. Yeah. It looks like a Team Seven book, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> which is good, which is a compliment, honestly. Okay. I okay. like him in his Maverick suit. I had the Maverick figure. Did you? Yes, I did. Well, Maverick's with him. Like... Or the, his. Well, not Maverick suit. Maverick is the character he yes. teams up with. That suit that he wears. It's his yeah. stealth suit or something like that. It's where he, he looks like his ski goggles and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's there. He's in Nam with like with Maverick and, and Sabretooth. And, and, you know, and part of that story is that like, you know, Gene's like, okay, we got to go this way. Because like Xavier's here and he's like with a group and they're trying to like save the, the forest and like animals and stuff like that. So we got to help him. Okay. And as he's going along, he's like, and like, he's like being here just reminded me of something. It just unlocked a memory for me. Like, my team is going to go and stop this drug cartel, right? And then, as part of our orders, we have to go and, like, attack other villages as well because it's better to fear us than the cartels. And he's oh. like, I have to stop them. Yeah, cool. And she's like... Don't do that. You have to stay on target. Yeah. Upsetting the timeline yeah. may not be a good idea. That's eh, fine. And he's like, I can't live with myself. And so, like, we're seeing Wolverine deal with, with all different, like... That's cool. That's like, a great idea. Right? you know this is a wolverine in this issue we see three different times for wolverine so it's wolverine and nom it's wolverine in the 1900s as a teenager okay which means like you're so skinny it's like yeah thanks it's like cool i never thought anyone would see me during that time <laughs> and then um wolverine going uh to japan sweet where he sees itsu yeah who was his wife established in like 2006 yeah think, um yeah so like she's there and like omega red unfortunately Gets jumps her. into her body oh uh, and like here's a moment where he's like with her yeah like in the like husband and wife kind of sense right mm -hmm. and he's like you know he asks gene like just for a minute yeah and like she's like and she leaves right yeah and it's cute because like she goes like itsu says to him like one more minute because she doesn't know who he's talking to right because you know this is wolverine's old consciousness in, in his younger in body. His body and he's like oh no no you're you're mine all night and I'm Aww. like, it's so cute. And then it's immediately destroyed. No. So like this book is great. Again, if you like Wolverine, you might really like this book because it's just Wolverine in different time periods, in different bodies of his trying to stop the like assassination of Xavier. Xavier. This gives you a little backstory too as to how they're able, how they figured this out. Like, and you know, what Omega Red's role in all of this is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. It's just a fun book. I really, really like this. And again, Kassar's art, great. Yeah. Also, good job for Percy managing all these timelines. Yes. <laughs> uh, in our Super Chats, Jam Call X says, because the question popped up in back issues, ha, <laughs> uh, Vader is the god of plants, specifically the forest, also god of vengeance, shakes fist at the sky. Nice. Thank you. That does actually answer a question we had in our most recent Thor episode. Oh. Nerdy Rock Comics. I know it's a little older, but did you read She-Hulk? Yes, it's great. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the art. Uh, I enjoyed the writing. Uh, I don't care about Jack of Hearts, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. And it feels like it's true to form, getting back to basics. Mm -hmm. uh, Joshua Mayhead with an adorable super sticker. Thank you so much for not only your incredible generosity, but also using super stickers, because those things are great. Yes, they are. <laughs> and I, it's here. It's adorable. I, uh, yeah, I love the Shivas. So. It's, a, it's a little Shiba Inu just saying, you're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Uh, K, 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 Tenno, 
Cayetano Garcia. First time donating. Uh, that oh. explains that because I I'm sorry <laughs> if I had said read, if I've read your name like a, a bunch of times, I might be able to better like better say it. But that's not a plea for more. It is not. No, no, no. I'm just saying Caetano Garcia. There you go. Uh, first time donation. My question is for you, Sal. Any <gasps> chance of doing a back issue on IDW's Ghostbusters? I have wanted to do it since we started doing back issues. Uh, but now that we don't even know if IDW has Ghostbusters, not on, uh, and we've had a sequel to Ghostbusters. Uh, we've had two different Ghostbusters movies, and neither of them succeeded financially. I'm a little worried. Uh, we did. If you if you like it. Go back into our archives and find my interview with not only Eric Burnham, but Dan Shoning from the IDW Ghostbusters book. Uh, it's the lowest viewed Elseworlds exchange ever made. Oh and it is like, it, it's Ghostbusters, but like that for me scared me from doing Ghostbusters ever on one of our flagship shows. That's okay. I love that book. I would do Get Real first, and then I would hopefully try and get the rest of Mass Hysteria. Okay. Because uh, I have some of the trades. I have one of the trades, or two of them. I have two right, of the trades. Right, 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 right. Uh, Cat Lawyer. Tiffany, do you read, did you read Ultra, Ultra Mega? Cool kaiju art. I don't read Ultra Mega. I am we a have a couple of those. Yeah. yeah. But no. I am aware of it, though. That's exactly. as far as I go. But I appreciate the kaiju love. Yeah. Algie Try. Funds for the 100K live show. Spectacular. Thank you, Algie. Thank Thanks. you so much. That, it's and it's coming. right into the pizza. That's right. It'll, it, it's happening. We will, we, I will let you know as soon as I know. Yes. Uh, a, uh, Alden? Alden Tolbert? I'm sorry. I always say this. Uh, the Tick needs an epic comeback. Spoon! He's, I agree. He's here, too. Yeah. Hit him. Hit him. Oh. Oh, Yay! Uh, I agree, and uh, uh, you know what? I, it's shameless, but like I have a I have a killer tick pitch. I know you do. So if New England Comics would like to, he I I don't even want them to guarantee. I just want to be able to pitch it. Yeah, but I have a killer tick pitch, and I have an artist I'd like to work with. Yay. <laughs> New type JB Lee. How come Ben Urich became so downplayed because of the 80s and the early 2000s? He was vital to the street guys like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Spidey, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. I think it's just, they, you know, writers want to use their own creator creations and they, and you know, after the 90s, Bendis took over most of those characters you described and he's wanting to get, he's, he used Ben a bunch, but like he'd rather use his original characters. Mm. Uh, King's Port Cal, King Sport Cal, King's Port Cal. I was rereading Spider-Man Round Robin Psychic's Revenge. I'm hoping you tackle this classic on back issue sometime soon, Tiffany. Go got got Batman so soon. Yeah, that's right. You have a Batman shirt. Yeah, but yeah, man, this is uh, actually sent to us. That's true. So yeah, I am repping that brand, but I also just like this like it's shirt a great design shirt. a lot. Like, yeah. First of all, I love me a black T-shirt. Yeah. Second of all, just one color. Oh, I know. I'm in. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's just, yeah. No, but we were very fortunate. Maybe this was sent and it fits well and it's comfy. Yeah. So, and it's cold outside. So, like, yeah. you know, I got to pair it with my, 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 my flannel. flannel, you know? Yeah. I too read Round Robin like about a week or so ago. And uh, I don't think we're ever going to do it on back issues. Let me tell you. Whew. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Maybe. Maybe, but maybe it'd be silly. Uh, but, but I don't know maybe. if we, yeah, we have it. We have it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Sabretooth because Sabretooth is Wait, a book. Let's talk about something else that nobody else probably read. Yeah, let's do that. Like, is it Magic Order? Uh, no, it's actually, I tried a new book this week. Oh, I tried a new book this week. Everybody. What is it? I, I'm going to pull it up for you. So I have all the details here before I, I pitch what it is. Um, <laughs> it's um, the Monkey King. Ah, yes. The Monkey Prince. The Monkey Prince number one. Yep, from Brit DC, right? Yeah, written by uh, Jean Luen Young with art by Bernard Chung. Yep. Um, I won't lie to you. 
for some reason, mm -hmm. seeing just the cover of this book, um, I was purchasing it on Comixology, and I was like, why did this come out on DC's Day? Isn't this a Marvel book? And I was like, wait, no, it's a DC book. Never mind. I don't know. There was just something about this cover. Immediately, I put it into Marvel. I think it's the bright colors. It could be that DC does have plenty of bright colors. I don't know. I don't know if it's literally because there's an M. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? M. Like, and there's red. Right. Like, it was just a combination of things. My brain immediately put it in there. That's funny. Um, Art-wise, I think Chung did a uh, great job. Yeah. Like, you know. Typically does. Bernard Chang. Chung? Um, I, I've always said Chang, but that's because I'm like, a, you know, I'm a white heathen. I have no idea. Well, regardless, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the art in this. Looks looks dope. Um. Young does a, a, an excellent job of introducing the character and, and setting up the rules of this world, essentially. Um, really, really kind of dig these like origin story we're getting for this character. It follows a uh, young boy named Marcus, um, who's has, he's got a little trauma. He's got a little trauma. He lives in Gotham. I don't want to let it happen. Lives in Gotham. And one night, as a young boy, he's going to bed. And like, he's not afraid of lightning, but there's lightning outside. And there's mm -hmm. like a panel where there's like lightning outside. And it is such a Batman lightning bolt out yes. there, right? It is a straight up Dark Knight Returns Batman lightning bolt right outside his window. But he's not afraid of thunder because oh. he knows what it is. He scientifically knows what it is. Mm -hmm. But then it sounds like the thunder's walking around in the hallway of his house. Oh, wow. That's... So he goes to check on his parents. And as he's walking along, like there's like wet footsteps like they make puddles and like on the floor and so he his feet walk in them like his mm -hmm. bare feet and like so he remembers that he's got all these sense memories right yeah and that's when he sees his dad being punched by batman <laughs> and i gotta tell you it looks great looks batman punching this poor man yeah it's great um batman immediately like you know makes a big scary batman face which is like hey listen like were he fighting we're just criminals in that room Good job. Mm -hmm. But there's like a little kid and that kid's like, like uh -oh. Batman's like, you've got a kid. <laughs> so it turns out his family is actually, um, they, they work for the, like for various supervillains. Uh -huh. And so like, that's what like, they're just, they're lackeys. They're scientists, but they're like, they work for supervillains and they've, they've, you know, they've yeah. pinched all over the place. Okay. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't really know that. Mm -mm. Um, ever since then, Marcus like has had like something where like, you know, as he like, either trauma hits him or he has some ptsd like he doubles over and he kind of like feels like he might throw up and like he they starts making these like eat oh, sounds no. right uh -huh. right so inevitably they end up back in gotham and like he gets triggered at one point his parents are working for the penguin <laughs> right and like yes it turns out that like you know he has the ability to like well he meets the monkey king and then like re-emerges as the monkey, the monkey prince. prince um in his school where Damien goes to. And that's what? the only thing that I'm like, wait, what you, yeah. you mean to tell me Damien goes to a public school. He does not, but okay. And like, maybe they're not, I don't necessarily know the name of this high school, but I'm just like, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. Sure. Why not? Yeah. So then Batman shows up and like, <laughs> who knows where this is going to go next. Super fun introduction to a younger character. Yeah. Um, I love the, I didn't know he was a younger character. So I love that. Right. Yeah. He's a high school kid. Yeah. That's fun. Right. I had no idea. I didn't know what to expect from that book. So like, but I, what I really enjoy is like that flip side of Batman where it's like, okay, your parents do suck, but like also they have a family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And like Batman's now traumatized this kid. Yeah. Like, What's he going to do about it? What, what, Batman gonna do with that monkey prince? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I really had a good time with it, and and you know, I'm like, all right, all right. I, I I assume it's a. I think is it an ongoing? I think it's a mini. I don't remember. 
I thought it just said a big old number one at the. At yeah, the it just has a number one. This is limited one. series. Okay, great. Limited series. It's a good so, idea. Keep it. This is one know. of those things where it's like, if you're just looking for something kind of fun, maybe you're looking for like a younger character yeah. with a bit of like the like mystic mystical side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or a mystical touch to it, but it's also like. I'm not sure where the adventures will take this character next, but like we're starting in Gotham. We have a tie immediately to Batman. Yeah. Um, which to me does not feel forced. I really appreciate it. I was like, yeah. This is clever. Because it's usually clever. it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Limited series, I feel like I can invest in this. Yeah, why not? So good. I'm glad you checked it out because I know you were a little curious about it. And I I, my, I myself was curious about it too, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm like, you know what it is? Like his young's work on shang chi has mm -hmm. made me be like i'll try i'll try, I'll try anything I'll, he's written. i'll try at least one issue of something he's writing that's fair uh i saw this is just this is totally intense it's just really weird uh i uh i saw phantasm comics in new hope pennsylvania got a whole bunch of old comic books and one of them was detective comics number 347 from 1966 and it was a book that i uh it captured my imagination as a child it's in my uh, tales of the dark knight like Basically, it's like a Batman anthology book that just tells you a bunch of stuff. It has a bunch of old covers, mm -hmm. and it captivated my imagination. Uh, I, I never knew anything about this book outside of the cover, and I was, as a kid, I was like, what is this? It threatens the death of Batman. It has a crying Robin on the cover, mm -hmm. where he's like, I'm going to bring in your killer, Batman, I swear it. There was a warning on the cover. Do not reveal the surprise ending of this story to your friends. <laughs> They'll want to get the same kick out of it that you did. Mm -hmm. So there was some serious hype around this book, Detective mm -hmm. 347 from 1966. Yeah. And uh, I read it. You did? I read it for the first time since I was a small child. And how did it hold up? Well, let me tell you something. First of Wait, all- are you going to ruin the surprise I, ending? I don't story? know if I should, but like, okay, so this is one of those comics. Detective Comics has a number of stories in it. Uh, the first one was called The Magic Card. It's written by Jack Schiff with art by Bernard Bailey. The second story was The Strange Death of Batman, written by Gardner Fox, with art by Carmine Infantino, which is a killer team. Okay. Uh, this not only promises the death of Batman. Yes. And Robin's reckoning. Okay. And a surprise twist ending you couldn't believe and mustn't spoil. But it also introduces a new villain that I've never seen used again, and it's called The Bouncer. <laughs> and The Bouncer develops a special uh, rubbery alloy that he coins himself and then makes a skin thin layer of this of, of this compound, covers himself head to toe in it, and then bounces his way through Gotham, causing crime sprees, gives Batman a significant run for his money, and uh, kicks his ass a couple times. Certainly, he embarrasses the two of them to the point where the news are making quick light or, uh, of, of Batman and Robin and their ineffectualness, their inability to defeat the bouncer, so they're like, there's a news crew following Batman and Robin around to catch them, like, you know, watch them lose against the bouncer yet again. And there's a sequence where uh, the bouncer needs to throw his gun against a wall, but he's pretty sure that his new rubber alloy is against that wall. So it'll bounce off the wall and back into his hand so he can, it, it'll, it'll set off the gun, shoot Batman in the back, and then he'll get his gun back. But in this story, things go awry. I don't want to spoil it too, too badly because this book is, it's like four pages long. Uh, but, oh my God. I was like, what the hell? Uh, so in it, in the story, uh, it breaks because Batman has come up with a, 
antigen for this rubber alloy. So the gun shatters and uh, instead... Are you going to tell us or you're not? Yeah, I'll tell you. The, right. the bouncer gets punched in the face by Batman and he's, he's quickly defeated. Well, then this covers a lie. No, it's not. Because there is in the comic book a moment where Gardner Fox himself as a comic book character is like, well, I the wrote writer? another... Yes, I wrote another issue of, a de of Detective Comics, but what if? What if Batman didn't survive? Wait, he writes the story and then he does a what if to his own story? Yes. So what if? And so instead what happens is the, the, the bouncer's plan goes off without a hitch, shoots Batman, Batman dies, the bouncer laughs at Robin, leaves. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to kill you, kid. No. I'm going to laugh at you. That's right. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> uh, Superman, Green Arrow, and a few other heroes uh, visit Robin. They're like, sorry, Batman died. He was okay. Robin, and oh, and Superman offers to take out the bouncer for him. He's like, I'll, I'll get him. And Robin's like, no, no one get involved. I have to avenge Batman's death. So ultimately, uh, Robin does. He, he figures out the, the, the problem with the compound. Uh, he originates a, a, a cure for it. He basically shatters the bouncer's exterior, uh, you know, whatever layer. His, his, yeah, his... And kicks his ass and, and, and ties him up and leaves him for the police. He then returns to the Batcave, sorrowful, uh, you know, having now, you know, uh, saved, well, he's defeated the bouncer and avenged his mentor. Yes. But then Bruce Wayne appears behind him and he's like, hey. And Robin's like, I can't believe it's you, Bruce. And it isn't. It's Bruce Wayne from Earth 2. And he's like, hey, so like my Robin is older and he's good. So I'm going to make him Batman. And he and I decided that I'm going to stay here in Earth 1 and I'm going to be your Batman and guide you. Also, Alfred died like during this time, and I'm gonna bring my Alfred from Earth 2 to this reality. What? So Earth 2 Batman and Earth 2 Alfred go to Earth 1 and just assimilate into uh old Bruce's original life. It, this is not a surprise ending. It is a complete lie. Not only do we get the story where he doesn't die, but we get like a what if, and even then he doesn't die because Earth 2 Batman shows him and replaces him. I'm like, are you friggin' for real? This this 25-year-old mystery for me, this 40-year-old, 45, 50-year-old mystery for me uh, sucks. I love this cover so much. I almost spent $25 to get it. I don't need to anymore because damn you. But uh, I can't wait for Tom King to make the bouncer the new major kite man-esque batman villain for the future because man the bouncer limitless potential terrific what power what is this story Sucks. well not you're telling of it I, I i enjoyed it thoroughly well thank you i enjoyed every moment of that but uh yeah there this cover is still great though i do love that cover but i read it i was like damn it it looks like, like an homage cover like this could come out today it i wish it would it's it's amazing. It's still great. I would uh, love a poster Mon of this. Mondo should do a post a, a run of this. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. That'd be great. So so Sabretooth uh, came out, and that was a miniseries. I know a lot of people were talking about. They were like really hyped about it. Were you? Um, was I hyped about it? Like when like leading up to it? Yeah. I mean, I was gonna read it because like I was like, all right, what are you gonna do with Sabretooth? Like, or right, Hickman's not here no more. What what are we doing here? Yeah, folks? yeah. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? So like, I don't know if I was hyped as so much. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. You read this, right? I did. Good. Okay. Of course, I've read this. Yeah. Well, uh, this is written by Victor Lavalle or Laval. 
I'm sorry. And uh, with art by Leonard Kirk. Great art. Uh, really like seamlessly integrates into the Hickman era, the Pepe Larraz, the Arby yeah, Silvas, the, look. Yep, the yep. look of like mm -hmm. of, of the X-Men line um, and pays off what we saw from the very beginning of the run where uh, Sabretooth was condemned to like a, basically like a waking living death in the belly of Krakoa. Yeah, but he doesn't know it necessarily. No. It turns out. No, he doesn't. Uh, so ultimately the whole thing takes place within Sabretooth's mind. Uh, where Sabretooth, uh, now with the new regime of Krakoa, Cypher goes to advocate for Sabretooth. Sabretooth, who is stuck in his own mind, who can't escape, uh, you know, he lives through his, like, nightmares. Uh, he, he, he indulges in, a, in his own, like, yeah, vices. In, in his dreams, but he doesn't remember any of it. Exactly. He also hates bears. He also has a real problem with bears. What What's up, man? Come yeah. on. So, uh, Cypher um, advocates for creed not that he's going to be released but rather that he would retain his memories and basically be like he you're still down there but you get to be your own person you get to keep your mind which is like for me i don't understand why you'd even bother to do that me either because like cypher in this book like i was like oh is an like, idiot asshole. well i was like yeah. oh cypher like you know he's like trying to like advocate and like be like you know like no like give you a second chance but there's nothing about creed in this mm -hmm. that is redeemable whatsoever yeah, no the, we'll get to it yeah no cypher could just look at any but of like the his things fantasies are killing people yeah. and like and then he keeps killing cypher over and over again yep. um even though he can't do it but mm -hmm. i'm like yeah i think it's like it, it's like ever since cypher hooked up with krakoa cypher's plan has just been to undermine whatever they've been doing maybe that's just krakoa it could be krakoa influencing him could be warlock, warlock. It could just be Cypher as a, a dickhead who's never really done anything interesting since, like, the New Mutants. So, in any case, they uh, he takes the deal, and then he just lives his life in his mind, like, doing everything he's always wanted to do. Murdering Xavier for taking him down there. Killing Iron Fist, because he first appeared in an Iron Fist book. Just killing everybody. And then he gets a minute to, like... I love he's holding his Iron Fist hand. Yeah, they've he's got, like, they've got, they've like, got their, like, the they're glowing. Power. But, uh, you know, he, then he, like, then he's like, wow, what do I... Now what do I what do I do with myself? Like, and I thought, and like, oh, cool. This was the moment for me, too. I was like, wow. I'm like, they're gonna prove that what the pit actually is is a place to reform. Yes. And I'm like, this is really deep. I love this. Yeah. No. Uh Sabretooth meets with all the aspects of his personality, his 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 savage nature, his childhood nature. And basically they're like, We're we're what are we gonna do now? What do we do with ourselves? Yeah. So they're like, Well, the first thing we should do is become like Conan. And yep. so Sabretooth becomes Conan and like Mur he becomes a king. He murders and pillages throughout the lands. He becomes a star jammer. He becomes uh, the leader of the star jammer. And that's honestly, after this, I was like, he's going to live through all of these and then realize that like what he really wants is just companionship. Yeah. And, like whatever. And that's, again, not what this book is. No. Uh, but as Sabretooth explores these different like avenues of his life, Krakoa is reflecting Sabretooth throughout Krakoa and he's appearing his is like a ghost like a visage. ghost throughout the friggin' like land mm -hmm. and he he never gets tired of murdering and raping and pillaging and destroying and and violence he's he never gets tired of it and ultimately he ends up like engineering a hell that yep. like his his rage his hate his evil infects Krakoa such that like he has engineered his own mindscape has become a hell that where whereupon he sits on the throne of leadership. Yep. And then 
the skies open up and it seems like other people who are sent to the same fate that, that, that Sabretooth was, they don't just go into that waking nightmare of their own making. Instead, because of the, like, the, because of the freeing of Sabretooth's mind, he somehow infected Krakoa. And so now anyone who is punished by the, like, Quiet Council is sent to Sabretooth's personal hell. And this part, I am like interested to see where this goes. But like, I thought we were going to get a little bit of a, a redemption. Yeah, for Sabretooth. Saber now we've seen that already. How about what if he was just he was an irredeemable person who yeah. literally is the devil of Krakoa? Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's pretty on point for him. But like, he is literally the irredeemable Sabretooth. And I'm just like, they they were absolutely correct to put you in here. Yeah, they were right to do it. And anybody who argues against it is a fool. So the book is excellent. It's really well written. It's really well executed in terms of art. And it's like a, it's a fun subversion because like you expect the story to go in one direction and it just, just steamrolls towards its inevitable conclusion that you should have seen coming. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I assumed it was going to be like a, like a deep dive into Sabretooth's like psyche and right. his character. Nah. And we were going to go on like a little bit of like, like, you know, like a, like a journey with him. Yeah. You're going on a journey. All right. It's just not the journey. Where I thought he I was creates hell. For. So that's that's Sabretooth, and it's pretty awesome. Right. Uh, but also, like, you know, it, it's like misery incarnate. So if, you, if you're looking for that, go for it. If you're not, it's going to be more of the same. At least it looks good. Same here, by the way. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to read anymore. Really? I mean, I will. It's a great I, book. I got to keep up. Yeah. It is an excellent book, but I'm not interested in watching yeah. Hell be created. Uh, LT3 says, glad I caught you live to support and share a story. Watch the, Let There Be Carnage with a friend. Laughed every time they said lethal protector and thought of Sal screaming it every single time. Thank <laughs> you. Lethal protector! He does get to say Let There Be Carnage too in that yeah. movie, which is just, just a hallmark of a great film. Uh, Alex Sanchez, <laughs> Jurassic League by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Lowell, yes, there is a book coming, coming, out. coming out called Jurassic League. It's like Justice League, but they're dinosaur people. It's not just DW's, but also, but he, you know, people are picking it up because he's doing it. Because I think they're picking it up because they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Because there's just something about dinosaurs. Yep. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Cthulhu says, when will we get Tom King and Sal Batman v Predator podcast? All jokes aside, I love all the shows. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Yeah, that was a great conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm I glad really that anybody did. who checked it out did enjoy it. It was mm -hmm. a fun episode. Uh, Tom King came on the show. Go check it out. On you you guys show. have like just such a like really like easy way about your like conversations. Thank it's you. so easy to just listen to the whole thing. He's really good at like, because he's very good at disarming, uh, which, you know, probably is a testament to his ability to be like a CIA integrator. <laughs> but uh but he makes it feel comfortable you know he don't i don't feel intimidated by him and so mm. it's, it, was, it makes it a much more like natural conversation right. plus we talked a few times now yeah uh eric sandy did you read the marauders annual i didn't did i i don't think so uh lucha dandy Sabretooth's hatred for bears stems from one eating his jar of honey the bear in question <laughs> who <laughs> lol and the milkman i stopped listening to tiffany sorry when she started recapping the monkey prince to buy it Aww. on comiXology and read it for myself and it's great yay nice i'm glad you enjoyed it man uh and kali frederick are you saying some part of him imprinted <laughs> onto krakoa that's exactly what i'm saying or some part of uh krakoa imprinted onto him, him. It, I, i'm thinking it's also more like he poured his malice and his hate into krakoa uh, I, thought they were forged... about, I thought they were talking about um the hell no uh cypher oh cypher yeah maybe. i fully expect uh at the end of this whole thing that warlock leaves 
Cypher and just hangs out with Krakoa. I think I think Warlock is going to be like a a, a big problem, a big pro or the linchpin of something, mm. you know, kind of like the Brood King. But I think no one's going to remember that until right. Hickman's whole venture thing inevitably ends. Mm. Uh, Daredevil Woman Without Fear is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Rafael De La Torre. Mm-hmm. This is a mini series, so don't get too excited. Uh, this is this is a great book, uh, terrific art, good writing. There's nothing terribly groundbreaking or or out there about it, but it was an amazing palate cleanser when I read it immediately after Justice League Incarnate, which is just like <laughs> choked with continuity, hugely dense. Like Justice League Incarnate feels like a comic book written in the 80s mm. uh, in every respect, in a good like way and in like a, if you like modern comics way, you know, not that great, but I think it's awesome. Um, but reading this is very much like modern comics it's just a story. Right. right watch right. Electra do her thing. Watch her fight Craven. Like it's cool and it's worth your money. You should check out the series. If nothing else, just for the uh, terrific story and the art. Uh, it's, a, it's a great comic book. Uh, the Reckoning War began. Yes. Yeah, all you grab with this from uh, Dan Slott and uh, Pacheco uh, and Magno. Uh, there's actually a couple of artists on this. Uh, Carlos Pacheco, Rafael Fonteris and Carlos Magno. Uh, this is Dan Slott's magnum <laughs> opus. The thing's eyes. He's like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Reckoning War. Um, this cover sucks. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm sorry. This is the Reckoning War Alpha number one, because uh, Slot likes to do that now. Uh, God only knows why. But because um, they're going to have an Omega. Yeah, well, that's how they're going to end the book. The, the The series will end on the Omega well, issue. Well, are there going to be a whole bunch of tie-ins to this? There, Naturally. Are there going to only be two issues of this? Oh, I hope so. Because that's the Darkhold. Dip. That's how they get. That's how they did it last time. Where it's just, just two issues of the book, and then you like you can read all the other ones, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the uh, The art is great and uh, suits the story, and it's fun and it's easy to follow. Uh, I will say that Slot is. I, I haven't seen this until Slot took over this book. So I feel like it's his decision, but the lettering really drives me crazy. Everything else is pretty great, except for the recap page, which is just a nightmare to read. Uh, good luck. But also uh, in the in the lettering in the establishment like text, he likes to use the butta boom font, and uh, it's like a throwback. It's like fun and whimsical. It just looks tacky, and I don't like it. <laughs> And so that's a real problem for me. Okay. It's just, it's very, it sounds like it. it's very tacky because it's yellow. It has a huge stroke around it and it's but a boom font. And it's like, knock it off. You can't like have your cake and eat it too, which is what this book is. Uh, it is Dan Slott, like putting the, putting the pieces back together. You know, the watcher's back. He's got both eyes, not a piece of shit. Nick Fury, he's done being whatever the fuck that was. And he's back. But, you know, he's still got his greater purpose. And then the moon explodes because it's shot by a space laser. And uh, the Earth responds in kind. The moon. It gets blown up by alien lasers. And uh, Abigail Brand shows up in it. So that'll be fun for you. Well, excuse me. Um, There's two different giant space, like, uh, Yeah, ships. orbiting spaceships. There's one orbiting Earth. That fault now. Um, yeah, no. Like, so. Dan Slott has no respect for what's happening in X-Men. I cite him unmaking Franklin Richards from being a mutant into not being a mutant, and you know damn well there's no way because Brands that are the he, one on the Racco, signed off on that. So like, yeah, she would have seen that coming from a mile away. Oh, and this uh, was on the other one. No, in this one, Brands on a spaceship. 
yeah, uh, the the story itself is very classic Marvel comics. Like if you liked Marvel in the nineties, you're gonna love this. Uh, I myself now, enjoyed it quite quite much, like qu quite a bit. God, I I hope that this ends up being enough for you to do on the couch one day because I want to hear Ethan talk about the moon being blown blown up, up. and like all the actual problems that there's literally a moment where somebody says, can we, can we live without the moon? And they're like, for a little while. Yeah. Like we'd be fine. What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? Big guys. I assume they're going to like pull a moon from another, from like a dead world's dimension. So then we don't have, were the inhumans still on the moon? I don't think so. Okay. No, the inhumans are dead. Remember Donny Cates killed them. <gasps> right. But like eternities in it, the silver servers in a doctor doom, the fantastic four, uh, the unseen, you know, like the there's a new origin for the Watchers. Uh, we establish new villains. Like, uh, it, it's it's nuts. Uh, you want to get nuts? You want to get nuts? Read this. Uh, read read the Reckoning War. I do like the art for some of like it feels. Yeah, well, there's it it shifts throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just feels like chapter breaks. Like where yeah. it's like, oh, we're moving to, the to another like the, segment of the, the story. The last part of this book, like I really, really enjoy yeah, me too. The, the, a lot of the faces, a Those lot of the great. emotions yeah. in the faces, like the action's great, but there's just something about this. It lends itself to like a more serious situation. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like it, there's something about the way that the artist is handling the shading and again, like the interactions and still the, like there's a lot of word balloons on this page, but like they've somehow managed to not cover up all the arts. So, no, like, it's amazing. Shout out to the letter on that one. <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah. For real, I, know I was man. crapping on the lettering before, but like, just, like, just stop that butta boom stuff and just but, leave like, this. Like you look at how much is being said and you yeah. can see most of this art. And I, I gotta like, that's no, it's true. nicely handled. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm look, I was looking forward to something like the reckoning war. Cause it's very much like pure classic nineties Marvel comics. Like this is like a Brevort comic and I hope he's working on it. Right, 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 right. Uh, but it's fun. And you know, it's, it is it self-indulgent almost certainly. Sure. Have I read any of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four? Not for a long time. Uh, what about all those whalers that were on the moon? Click. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend it. I, I think you check it out. Um, uh, Kelly Frederick says, who do you think had the best year in 2021? Taylor King or Zdarsky? For me, it's Taylor. Also loving Dark Knights of Steel. How about you guys? We like it. Yeah, we talk about it earlier. Scroll back and you'll find it. But like, uh, I think Zdarsky had the best year, although King did put out both Strange Adventures and uh, Human Target. And Supergirl. So And Supergirl. So yeah, King did. Uh, Zdarsky, I think, did a better job of like establishing like that he is a force to be reckoned with that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Like yeah. he's he cemented himself in the in in the world. But uh, King probably had the best year. I think they all had a good year. They all like, did they have all, a good year. Like, we had a best year because yeah. we got to read those books. Yes, yeah. we win. Right. Uh, and Jordan Hughes, uh, I literally just got paid, and I've been told oh. sharing is caring. Congratulations on 100K. Should have happened years ago. Can't wait for the stream. Hope everything's going great. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Don't forget, take care of yourself first. That's you right. First. Yeah, you pay, you first. Always, no matter what you're doing, pay yourself first. But yeah. thank you so much, You man. just being here is enough, but thank you so much for your generosity. Yeah. Uh, comic tropes. Uh, Chris says uh, the tides have just stopped existing mostly. Well, that's that's good to know. But I hate hey, those tides and the soda surfers. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, how would the moon blowing up affect werewolves by night? That's a great question. I think it would, I mean, it would affect him di di directly. Very, very <laughs> much so. Anywhere based creature in the Marvel Universe. It's going to have a hard time now. Yeah. Right? Uh, right. Well, does Khonshu die? Oh. <laughs> oh. Does Moon Knight like retire? 
Does uh, he feel it? I don't like. Oh, like Obi Wan. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. By the way, it's gonna uh, be really dark at night. Uh, I think Chris from Comic Tropes is gonna be streaming after us, so go check out his stuff over yes. on YouTube.com/slash Comic Tropes. Uh, let's talk about Spider Man. Uh, do you have any other books that you want to talk about? No. Talk let's about jump the, into Spider Man. The let's, Queen let's Goblin. I'm excited for this. Mm, don't be. I'm excited uh, to hear you talk about. Yeah, it. the Queen Goblin, Amazing Spider-Man number eighty-eight from Zeb Wells, uh, and the introduction of the Queen Goblin. We saw art. They released a bunch of art for this, uh -huh. so like everyone knew the Queen Goblin was coming. It wasn't yeah. like what? Who's this? We got this already. We already knew who the Queen Goblin was, like what the identity was. Excuse me, hang on one second. Someone just brought up a really great point. The Summer's Home is on the moon. Ah, you know who doesn't care about that? <laughs> 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 the same guy who made Franklin Richards uh, not a mutant this anymore. It's a different time. It's yeah, he just couldn't care less. It's good. It's good. Uh, Michael Dowling does the art on this book. Uh, so let's talk about it. The writing is... Okay, so Wells is going to be the, uh, the 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 ongoing Spider-Man writer. Yep. Uh, and I like Wells. He, Wells, good. He, he does a good job uh, overall. Uh, he's, he's doing a nice job with this book. Mm -hmm. Um... This is very much like a book that uh, would have been maybe like a page about like 15 years ago. Oh. Like a whole issue would have been like one page. Like it just, there's a lot of like, a lot of bullshit in this comic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I just, I can't pretend like this is a great book. I, I, uh, it's a lot of like characters I couldn't give a crap about doing nothing is it possible they're just setting up yeah no i mean like well but yeah but like it's enough you know, set up you've had a year to set up it's enough set up all right like how about anything else uh okay so uh um let's talk about the art first okay. uh michael dowling's art is uh is the kind of art that you would really want to see in a jessica jones book uh or or a book with a lot of talking in it a lot of like regular human beings in it. I kind of dig it. I don't. Okay. I I appreciate but art is subjective, right? And I and I appreciate that it is competent. Like it, it is telling the story. The artist is doing the best that that artist is, you know, capable of doing on a monthly book. So it's like there's no there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Like if Daniel Warren Johnson drew the, drew this, I would appreciate the art but also it would be completely tonally inconsistent and inappropriate for this title right you know right like across the board like and i i think that while this book dowling is actually a great fit for this issue because all it is is human beings walking around and talking to each other okay which normally i would enjoy in a spider-man comic if it were characters that i care that i cared a little bit about uh Mary Jane is in it, okay, and she does get to team up with Janine, which is kind of funny because, like, hey, it's Ben Riley's redhead with with Peter Parker's redhead, right. and I don't think Janine and Mary Jane ever interacted with each other, which would have been really fun to see explored. It isn't, uh, but instead they, you know, they they team up and they 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 get the like MacGuffin to the Daily Bugle, and uh, you know, the, most of the book is Maxine Danger wringing her hands and talking about how she's created the Goblin or the Queen Goblin. Uh -huh. It's not the Goblin Queen. Because there's already a Goblin Queen. Yeah. Uh, and she's back. Baby. And she's back. And she's way cooler than this. But uh, basically, that you know, the, the the Beyond Corporation is in the superhero making business, but actually they're not. They're actually in like the collect. They're they're competitors for damage control, and they create supervillains. And uh, well, you gotta you gotta make business. You gotta spend yeah, money to make money. That's right. You gotta make villains to create heroes. Uh, 
but you know they 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 take over um dr ashley kafka and they whip her up into like being a goblin monster and she's like being puppeted and controlled by the corporation and she's there to destroy you know the drive and she's there to like punish janine spider-man ben riley shows up and rescues her and then uh, uncharacteristically just like leaves the queen goblin alone with mary jane and just like bails that's that's what yeah i mean so it's like it, it's a fun cliffhanger of a he book saves his girl he's like all right yeah done yes and he, and he goodbye and he deliberately behaves uncharacteristically so we're gonna see like the exploration of that and that'll be a lot of fun and like wells knows how to like write this to make it intriguing and 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 to want to know more but there's a lot of just like of of ben's handler and max talking to each other mm -hmm. and just just dialogue circles it's just like this you didn't okay. need this book like if you if you are looking to like read this story or if you're like kind of half-heartedly interested in amazing spider-man right now i would read 89 right and how does she become a goblin they because surgeries and stuff didn't you say it was something about his sins oh god thank you for reminding me i was like wait hang on that's right they Okay, so you remember in like that Sin Eater story recently where Sin Eater had a magic shotgun that blew your sins out of your body and then like wiped you clean? Well, when they did that to Norman Osborn, uh, those sins had to go somewhere, I guess. And the Beyond Corporation grabbed them, scooped them up and made them into like a synthetic thing that she could drink or be infused into. So the Queen Goblin is actually Dr. Ashley Kafka infused with the sins of Norman Osborn. And it's like, I was reading Spider-Man comics where he was fighting an evil alien costume, which is very silly, but it's way less silly than this. Like that concept is just like, and I like, I, okay. So like, I know that this is like silly and I know that like, it's a spider person, right? Like I know it's comic books, but like, you can't constantly go like comics, everybody fart. Like you can't just like have a measure of self-control. Well, we'll see where this goes. Why do I need to see where it goes when know. it's always a bad idea? I'm sorry. I know. Like, why do I always have to be the one to, to sacrifice? <laughs> hey, at least your character's alive. For yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. He is alive. And I got a whole issue where he and, and he, he hung out with uh, Captain America and, Fla and, and, and Felicia. And that was a really fun issue. It's so just this like beyond thing is only for now, right? No, it's it it, it has a very near uh, termination point, and it's it's fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I get it. It's not what I would do. Okay. And like I said, like I don't think the art like the art fits the story. I wish the story were something else. Right, 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 right. And you're not saying the artist is bad. No, it's just not. I don't think I would never see this artist on a Spider-Man book. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the spider-man but this is this is barely a spider-man comic anymore so except it's also intrinsically a spider-man comic because like scooping up the sins of norman osborne and infecting them into like an established spider-man character and making them into a new red version of like a previously established character is like exactly what spider-man comics are it's funny that she's red too gotta be red why would it be green because we've seen that already oh okay uh, by the way, Chris, uh, thank you very much for your super chat. This says keep growing. You too, man. You. you too. Keep it up, man. You're, uh, you're doing great. Uh, by the way, uh, nice video on, uh, the most recent, uh, drop. 
Uh, R. Jones, uh, hi, Sal and Tiffany, wanted to recommend Milestone Compendium 1, which dropped last week, collects the first oh. 10 issues of Hardware Static, Icon, and others from the 90s. Also, congrats on the 100K. Thank you very much, R. Jones. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, uh, that that book did come out. I, I didn't remember what week it was supposed to drop. I remember hearing about it and like not picking it up. But I will. Off. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Captain Coon Ben fights a goblin in the Daily Bugle and gets stabbed. Something about this feels familiar. Remembers the last time he fought a goblin at the Bugle. He who runs away and doesn't fight runs away first. <laughs> yeah. No. If you if you're not familiar with your history, Ben Riley was killed by a goblin glider wielded by Norman Osborn on the roof of the Daily Bugle. Oh. And that could be what's happening here. Jeff Zeb ben. Wells knows continuity. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's, those it's are all. It's so funny seeing Ben, like the name Ben in the chat. I know, because it's like, I was like, thinking my Ben. Like, what? Oh, right. Oh, right. Uh, there are other Bens in the world of like reality and fiction. It's true. Not just ours. No. Uh, but listen, uh, there's so much more going on here at Comic Pop Returns and over on YouTube.com slash Comic Pop. Uh, we kind of did an unofficial Donnie Buary, where Donnie Kate's books are uh, this month of February. Is it uh, all February? It will not be. I'm <laughs> it's just the first two weeks. But since it's only three weeks in February, it's like maybe I should, but like we'll see. Probably mm. not though. But uh, there will be a new Donny Cates book coming out on back issues. Uh... <gasps> <laughs> and then our Ben just showed up. <laughs> there could be only one Ben. That's amazing. Thanks for watching, Ben. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you haven't already also watched it, like we hyped up earlier, Tom King came on Elseworlds Exchange, yeah, and it was a blast. It is just such a good conversation. It's just fun. It's just a fun, fun conversation. Yeah. So if you just want to like laugh, yeah, but like get some real insights. Seriously, it's a worthwhile listen. It's true. Uh, and uh, not to be outdone, uh, Jason Inman was on the show earlier. Yes. He's going to be back next week. You guys uh, also have a good rapport. We do have a great rapport. Uh, uh, Jason's great. You guys didn't start your interview or your conversation with two minutes of you each of you yelling at one another about ba about predators no on pirate predators yeah we did not do that but that that it's also a good conversation it's thank you the tom king conversation had that that's true yeah we do well because king keeps making fun of my predator pitch because we know. like a while ago we talked about predator I know. and i pitched this great idea for like a predator tv series where it's like a, each episode is like only is between 35 and 45 minutes long and it's just like predator in different places predator in the old west predator in feudal japan and and, I, and the last one i suggested was predator on a pirate ship and he's like predator on a pirate ship man and i'm like that's the coolest one because like you know it's a bottle thing like it's all contained in one episode in one in one location yeah, plus so like you've never seen that and no, you never it's will true. so then sal brought it up again as like they were joking about it yep um but it just starts i think that that really sets the tone for the whole I think conversation it's, true, it's yeah. just so much fun it so does, much it does. Fun. thank you uh but uh but not the outdone i think joshua williamson's coming back so Ooh. uh soon enough so we'll we'll get to talk about uh Inf infinite frontier and all that stuff as well that's exciting but uh yeah we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us thank you especially to our super chatters yeah. thanks for our special guests Wait, uh, chris from comic books? yes we're gonna recommend some books right now cool uh okay so this is a really light week for me is it yeah okay uh batman catwoman returns with number 10 Cla uh clay man is back so we'll see how that goes yes it is basically pirates of the camp of the pancreas that's exactly what it is <laughs> um the 10 deaths of wolverine number two yes i will recommend uh while i can't recommend bennis's justice league the cover is okay i saw awesome. the cover and i was like wow yeah i know i know uh wow. so that's it just like i i'm not gonna read justice league annual number one 2022 but like that cover's dope <laughs> 
Uh, and I will throw out a shout out what about to Devil's Rain. Oh yeah, and Devil's Rain number four. <laughs> which you know continuing the trend of this book being fun and cool and i'm going to give a quick shout out to the amazing spider-man number 88 dot bay bay uh Ooh, because bay. a friend of the show jeff thorne is writing it and i'm like i don't think i have read a jeff thorne spider-man book so i've oh, got to check it out okay uh so yeah plus slingers plus bay <laughs> Plus Bay, plus yeah, plus them doing this thing I hate comic mm-hmm. books doing. That whatever. If you believed in the book, call it a real book. Don't put dot anything. I guess they're trying to keep it contained so it's easier to collect. Is that easier to collect? I don't know, man. It is not. <laughs> Spoilers, it isn't. Okay. Uh, what do you recommend? I'm gonna recommend Moon Knight number eight. Yay! Um, I gotta I go back and read all this book. Just really enjoying this Moon Knight run which is like a phrase I'd never thought I would say out loud, but I'm really enjoying this Moon Knight run. We'll see where it's going to be going next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's Jed McKay. Yes. And I can't recall. I don't know who's on art right now because the last artist was different. Yeah. Um, New Mutants number 24 coming out. Yes. I'm going to pick that up. No way I'm not. I'm going to pick up the secret X-Men. Number yes. One. The secret X-Men. Oh, no. It's a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. Yes. <laughs> um, because we're, we're at a point where we're obviously going to be starting to get into some of those new titles for um, for X-Men. So yeah. now's the time to jump on and see if there's something you like. This one's going to be written by Teeny Howard with art by France- uh, Franche- Francesco Mo- Mobili. Mobili. Yeah. I was like, there's so many I's and L's next to each other. My brain was like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, just... Justice for Marrow, by the way. Way to go. <laughs> um, I don't know. That might be it. I think that's it. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's other things, but we're just kind of scrolling through quickly mm-hmm. here. There's like no way there isn't something that I'm missing. Yep. Tiffany found out Jenica exists, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, what's a Jenica? I'm like, oh. <laughs> that was literally me. That was very much me for yeah. the moment. Um, again, I'm sure there's something, something else that I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Wait, watch me piss off the Turtles fan. She's Venus and Milo. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us. I want to especially thank my amazing, intrepid co-host, Tiffany, for being here and making this show elevated. Uh, we do appreciate all of you guys, especially to our Super Chatters for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for the special guests of not only Chris from Comic Trust, but also Ben from Comic Pop for stopping by. If you want to help us out, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you guys next time on the only new episode of Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. So long, everybody. Bye.